<laughs> I'm still just picturing Andrew talking about being on a heated toilet seat with a freaking VR headset, dude. <laughs> Playing poker. What's going on, fellas? Welcome to Everybody is Cancelled, episode four. I have my good friends with me, John Morgan. You're cancelled. And Andrew Sanders. Hey, what's up? You're cancelled, uh, too. We're all cancelled. How canceled. dare you? So, this week, um, we have a pretty interesting topic for you guys. We're going to be talking about how basically Hollywood and its, quote-unquote, secret powers on uh, the way we think. It's one of those things, once you hear it, see it, feel it, taste it, you can't undo any of it. It's hard to. It's hard for me to watch TV the same exactly yeah. uh, mm. after reading some of this stuff. Interesting. I'm coming at this from like a a layman's perspective because I haven't really, I haven't looked into this. So I'm I, I'm I'm fixing to learn something. Yeah, fixing to learn something tonight. Hollywood is arguably the most corrupt and amoral institution in the United States of America. And while we don't have time to cover all of that, I am looking forward into looking at uh, a microscopic instance of what Hollywood is like. I believe Hollywood, after looking into this, may be more powerful than all of the presidents, including the president of the United States uh, combined, of the entire world. I, I think they may be the most powerful institution uh, in the entire world at this point. Um, and we'll get into why. Uh, but speaking of Hollywood, this week's cancellation might be my favorite that we've done so far. Because it's just utterly ridiculous. But we're going <laughs> to get into it and you guys can decide for yourselves. Um, so Gina Carano from The Mandalorian, this huge show. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Best show of 2020. Best show of 2020, in, in hands fact, down. It, it may be the only thing that came out of 2020 that is good. It may be. And for those who don't know, The Mandalorian, is a, it's a new hit show taking place in the Star Wars universe uh, and has cultivated an instant fan base. Uh, it's created by John Favreau, uh, who also created films such as Elf and Chef, both incredible films in their own right. Um, anyhow, Gina Carano is a mixed martial artist who plays Cara Dune who is a former rebel shock trooper turned mercenary and eventually marshal for the New Republic. Uh, John Favreau was so set on her for the role that he didn't even audition anyone else for the role. It was just, he knew it was her, and that was it. <laughs> so, so awesome. He, nice. I mean, he, yeah, he was set on her, and I personally think she's awesome. She's a badass chick, and she can handle business. She could probably beat up most dudes out there. But uh, now getting back to topic, uh, Gina Carano is being called out for supposed... Uh, transphobic tweets and for apparently yeah. being a racist now these are these are huge like charges against her not um by the justice department but by the justice department of twitter which is <laughs> <laughs> the twitter just twitter justice there's social justice and then there's twitter justice yeah which is turning out to be kind of scary uh when they can take away your income when people cave to them but anyways um I found this very interesting, so I decided to look into it. You know, what may have caused this uproar. Well, I couldn't stop laughing once I got into this, and I'm just being honest. The fictional storytellers on Twitter that people see as, like, the uncontested truth bearers have reached an all-time low with this one, in my opinion. So, she made a, f a couple of tweets, and she changed her bio on Twitter, and all of a sudden, she's a racist, transphobic maniac. Um, yeah. So, John, do you have these tweets, or should I read them out to them that they're uh, talking about? Yeah, no, go ahead. I don't have her particular tweets, like, in quotations. Um, so I'll start with one, then. Um, so one of her tweets, we'll get into this. She says, put laws in place that protect us against voter fraud. Investigate every state, film the counting, flesh out the fake votes, require ID, uh, make voter fraud end in 2020, fix the system, and then she posts an American flag. She went way too far. That's way too, way too far, man. America. <laughs> so she landed in hot water for basically saying this. She also posted a historic photo. So I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's a photo of all these Nazis doing this salute, like at some kind of rally back in World War II. 
Now, in the midst of a Nazi rally, apparently refusing to give the Nazi salute, there was a man who was crossing his arms like, I'm not doing this, you know, I'm not a Nazi. Uh, Gina Carana posted this along with a story saying how love saved this guy and turned him away from the Nazi movement. In fact, he ended up marrying a Jewish woman, and she uses that story saying that love turned him away from hate, and he refused, among all that peer pressure, to to use this Nazi salute. She posted this, you know, being an anti-Nazi. And people literally took this photo and this story, and they called her a racist. Like, this made her racist for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I heard about it. That one wasn't as big. Like, these are all kind of went unnoticed. Um, You know, you can slide underneath, like, your average jerk radar. Mm -hmm. But then she poked her head into the... The, the stratosphere of SJWs, and that's where she hit. That's where she hit a real roadblock because it wasn't until then that they went back and started calling all these tweets up. Yep, they did the same they thing. Get the crazy eyes video. going. I mean, they SJWs. called for her job to be removed. They called for her to be fired. I mean, that's her income, her ability to feed herself yeah. and her family. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I was. Uh, alluding to was um because it was shortly after that so like that those tweets were in august um and then august of 2020 and then um and then in september you know she had she had you know disney is so you know because her character uh, was so well loved um a lot of these these uh fringe groups were just kind of asking her you know because she said that she she's come out and said that she supported the lgbtq plus community um, but they wanted her to add um her pronouns to her twitter account <laughs> because you know that's kind of like the in thing to do like, why don't you, don't you have explain what that is for those who don't know just a quick oh, explanation yeah. yeah so uh gender pronouns are are the new fad for virtue signaling and super righteousness um, because apparently there's an infinite number of genders and you need to be able to address people appropriately because at least in Canada, if you don't, you can be fined money and possibly jailed. So, Which I can support if you want to be called a woman. I mean, that's fine. But the difference here is that people were trying to force um, allegedly her to do this when she didn't want to do it. Right, and that's the difference here. Just for those who know, if you want to do it, yeah. I support that. It's great, um, but influencing others to do it when they don't want to do it is is a different story. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've like, seen colleges uh, do it. That's that's when I first started hearing about this. Was uh, I had a friend that went to Reed College, which is where uh, Steve Jobs went, and it's it's like a pretty liberal college. Um, and they require you to, when you introduce yourself, you pretty much have to say your preferred pronouns. Interesting. Like they, they, they make sure the students, hey, when you introduce yourself, say, my name is this and my preferred pronouns are he, him, they, them, whatever whatever your pronouns are. And people have to try to remember this stuff. Okay, what was his pronoun? What do I need to call him? Or yeah, right. I mean, because her. If I mean, you get it wrong, you know, they'll crucify you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will get expelled. Is this in California, <laughs> get Andrew? kicked out. Um, I want to say Northern California. Okay. Where's Reed at? Wow. Uh, it's in Portland, Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay, Portland, Oregon. Another yeah. great, fantastic yeah, place. There, no riots have happened there recently. It's just happy society. Yeah, right. No burning mostly buildings. Mostly peaceful. It was mostly mostly peaceful. peaceful. There were very good people on both sides. Good yeah, people. right. Um, Gina Carano added boop, bop, beep to the end of her name on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> She's on Star Wars. She's having That's fun. That's not a pronoun. Save comedy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, but yeah, so she's called transphobic for posting boop bop beat at the end of her name. It has nothing to do with her being happy that she's part of like the biggest show of 2020, Star Wars, you know. Uh, of course it's not that. We have to assume it's her being transphobic. Um, so there were hashtags trending on Twitter basically calling for her firing over this. So she's racist for posting, she is racist for posting uh, anti-Nazi images 
and she is transphobic because she made robot sounds. I think I think there's a difference here. Now, if she said, if she was actively saying uh, that people should not have the right to identify as whatever they want, maybe you got a case there. Yeah. Um, but she's not That's saying ridiculous. that. The level of ridiculousness is so high. It is. I mean, let me add, are you guys offended when somebody says boop, bop, beep? Does that make you want them to lose their jobs? It infuriates me. It makes me I, so angry. <laughs> you know what she said? She said, uh, uh, towards the end of all this, she said, boop, boop you for misunderstanding. And now she those, did. Yeah. Now, I forgot now about the, that. The words aren't aren't in her bio anymore. So they, they eventually won, you know. Oh, they my god! to take the beep, boop, bop. Down. Oh man! But, yeah, she's like boop you for understand for for misunderstanding, you know? Right. Yeah. She she said it was an attempt to expose the bullying mentality of the mob that had taken over the voices of many genuine causes, and I think that's a, I think that's a reasonable assessment too, because mm-hmm. I, you know we talk about these causes, BLM, and well, not Antifa because they're all bad. Yeah, but they were all bad. <laughs> Yeah, let's look at who the bully is here. I mean, she wrote Boop Bop Beep as a joke in good light fun in a very serious time, very serious year. And she uh, posted an anti-Nazi photo, whereas the other side is calling for her firing and calling her names and being hateful. Who is the bully here? I mean, exactly. (laughs) She's double standards. She trolled him. It's like, this is like, this is an, this is an elite troll is what this is. What a great job she did at exposing the uh, the bullying that happens on Twitter when you don't when you don't align. It's like one thing to have a disagreement. I mean, the difference between you know um, the conservative and progressive movement is that if if you don't think the way I do about anything that I believe is to be true, I don't care. If I don't think the way they do, then not only am I like add a word phobic or racist, um, a misogynist, um, like anti-Semite. You know, they just start throwing things out there. Ad hominem attacks, basically. Yeah, just just to discredit me, right? So that I like I don't have a voice anymore. It yeah, reminds I mean, me of you're a party. At the bottom um, of the food chain. What other party was yeah. like that? They were around in the forties. Hmm. Communists. Uh, they were, were. Was it the Nazi Party in Germany? <laughs> fascists. <laughs> are, are you mean f- real fascists? <laughs> I, I see more similarities with these bullies uh, on Twitter with Nazis than Gina Carano. Um, yeah. But never mind that. Uh, on a. So there was a tweet where Carano said that she had spoken with her co-star, Pedro Pascal, uh, the main star of Mandalorian. He is the Mandalorian. Cool dude. Um, To understand why social media users chose to share their preferred pronouns. Uh, This was a conversation she had with um, Pascal. And while she wouldn't be sharing her own, she respected other Twitter users' right to do so. And she said, I stand against bullying, especially the most vulnerable and um, the most vulnerable and the freedom to choose. She wrote that. I, that seems pretty cool to me. She's she's speaking with her co-star. She's talking about how she stands against bullying. Um, she's defending the vulnerable and she defends the freedom to choose. Um, in response, Carano's critics demanded that she show her support for trans individuals by apologizing and sharing her accurate pronouns. These are their words. Um, they were basically trying to force her to live their lifestyles. Again, that sounds much more like a Nazi to me than what Carano is doing. They're trying to yeah. force her to use their language. Um, later that evening, Carano clarified that her, te- that her decision to place beep, bop, boop in her bio in lieu of pronouns had zero to do with mocking trans people. Rather, she said it was her attempt at exposing the bullying, as you said, John, um, yeah. because the mentality of the mob that has taken over the voices of many genuine causes. So what she's saying is that she supports the genuine cause of defending um, the trans community. Um, 
And she's saying she doesn't like it that this community is being represented by bullies. She's trying to uh, improve their representation because it's true. A lot of these people representing them are using this cause, not because they truly care, in my opinion, but because it's an excuse to bully people without repercussions because it's in style. And she's trying to get rid of that. So what she's doing is she's putting herself out there under the fire, so to speak, to uh, raise them to put awareness on them in a better light, to say that, look, people, bullies are representing this cause. Um, and she gets attacked for that. So I don't yeah. I don't, I don't, don't understand it. As gamers, we're used to this. This is old hat for us. I mean, people have been saying, like, absolutely asinine things on a microphone since the inception of Xbox Live. Like, the, the power of, of speaking in anonymity is not a foreign issue, but it mm. it is really rearing its ugly head in in media sources like Twitter. Um, I I'm kind of hoping that eventually Twitter gets canceled because that's a that's tough sucks. section two thirty. I think, in my opinion, would have to be uh, repealed. So that's a whole other topic, but you know I. It looks to me because if somebody is being transphobic, if they if they're being hateful to anybody, we here in the podcast will call them out. There are some cancellations that we probably will get behind and say, yeah, maybe they need to find another job or maybe they need to rethink their hate because hate is not okay. I don't care who you are. If somebody's being transphobic, racist in any way, no matter who you are, it's wrong, and we support that. But Gina, this is a classic example um, of Gina Carano defending. Uh, the trans community, and um, basically saying that she abhors racism. You know, she's she's not ignoring it. She's not taking the safe route and just posting comedic safe things. She's taking a stance against racism, against bullying. Uh, uh, she's uplifting the trans community, and she's getting bullied because she's not doing it in a bullying type of way where she uh, puts her boot on others, it appears. And... Uh, that is something that I think we should move away from for the health of our community. I mean, what do you think about this, Andrew? I mean, do you think that Gina Carano should lose her job for what she has done? I mean, honestly. No, I think people have too much time on their hands to <laughs> to be, you know, getting all riled up over something so stupid. Uh, good grief. People are just, you know, the term Karen that's been popularized recently. <laughs> Lots of like the person who there. just has to see the manager or has to, you know, get that that little piece of satisfaction from there's a yeah there's <laughs> a woman a, out there problems. and her her name is Karen Rona and I feel really bad for her. Right oh now. geez, dude, that's like <laughs> freaking punchline right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like people are there's there's just people out there like that who who just. Let's see, who are we going to target today? You know, and they, they, like you were saying, they have that, um, like that protection of, of, hey, I'm a, I'm a social justice warrior. You know, I can, I can call people out, even if it's the stupidest thing, and you really shouldn't be calling somebody out for for something so stupid. Scroll Twitter, just looking. Like, Mm, who are we going to target today? That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they have giants protecting them. They have giants protecting them. Um, bullies being protected by bigger bullies. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, anyway, moving on to the main topic of discussion, uh, Hollywood and its hold on our worldviews, which is a good segue because this is kind of has to do with the same thing, just on a much um, greater scale. Now, <clears throat> this is a hold that is both inside and outside of the USA that we're about to get really deep here because I mean, this is, this is, this may be the most powerful force in the entire world for the past 70 years that we didn't know about. And we've got some science to back it up. So uh, if you just give us some time to hear us out, you may change your entire views of everything, you know, I mean, literally this is, this is some heavy stuff. Now we all know that Hollywood has been the home of most mainstream media production that we consume as a global society. Uh, just that statement alone can pose a lot of questions, like who decides what is culturally uh, accurate and who decides what should be glorified in our homes as we consume this media basically every day. 
the human brain is a sponge of what we consume. Uh, and that TV has a direct line through our, our damn eye sockets. I mean, uh, whether we like it or not, there is a lot of psychology involved. And we are both directly and indirectly influenced um, by what these writers and directors pro- portray as heroism and virtue. What is right and wrong? What do we strive to be as a society? Uh, this may have more influence than ever in our society as we no longer can see our family and friends as we reside in lockdowns and quarantines uh, with nothing much else to do than sit home and watch what we are fed through movies and TV. Uh, the most dangerous kinds of movies and TV being uh, what they have studied for a long time. And what I mean by that is that they find algorithms of what we enjoy and they slyly insert their own politics into it without us even knowing. And before we know it, we share their views and don't even realize where it came from because the movie slash show made it look so cool, right? With simple tricks, explosions, uh, somebody who's really smart, somebody who's really cool. We want to be like them. Now, these people are literally professionals at this. They are paid to make you keep watching and enjoy it. But what messages are we absorbing? Who decides what is right and wrong for us? The thing is, is that these are based mostly on fiction, and we take it for real-world realities, whether we like it or not. Uh, now, I do want to get into what happens physically to the brain, uh, using some science and some studies here. Um, before we before we get into this, John, Andrew, do you guys have any thoughts before you hear all this on what TV is and what it represents to us as a society and as a medium? Yeah, TV, TV, you know, the the extension of TV and the way we can kind of make the connection, TV was the first Alexa, right? TV, you know, when it started, came into your house and, you know, and much like radios that were always on, people turned them on. And even though they may not have been sitting in front of it, you know, they would listen to it, you know, know, maybe eat in front of it, you know, on those Friday nights when, uh, you know, you're just kind of celebrating the weekend, Maybe you'll eat dinner in front of it. Um, TV, you know, kind of inspired uh, new creations and uh, inventions like the TV tray or, you know, the, the, the TV remote. Like, so you wouldn't have to get up. Actually, um, uh, very rarely did an adult ever get up to change the channel. There was always a small child that could be beckoned to go. But... Um, but yeah, you know, the introduction of the TV to the American household was a real game changer in a lot of different ways, not just socially, um, and, uh, and socially and, um, like economic, it was a representation of your socioeconomic status. I mean, it still is too, Hmm. you know, um, true. You know, what, how, how big is your TV? You know, you know what, uh, right. Do you have a 4K TV? It's like, no. It's kind of like going in a car. 8K TV. <gasps> right. Do you have an 8K 16. TV? Meanwhile, it's like, well, you see, I have a 12K TV. <laughs> it's just how it rolls. So TV, you know, not even breaking into what comes through the TV, um, just the invention of the TV itself is a really marks a uh, a changing point. In, in American history. Mm. Yeah, and I'm interested, I'm interested to hear the psychology because I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of studies that have, <laughs> that have gone into it because TV's been around a while. It's been booming, you know, back when uh, we first invented it, what were there, like three channels? Um, right. Now you've got hundreds and hundreds and thousands of movies and that's all influential um, and when do we start watching TV? You know, parents plop their kids down in front of a TV when they're, when they're infants. So there's, there's gotta be some psychology going on there. And I've heard of, uh, um, developmental, um, professionals, you know, who, t- who tell you not to put your kids, <laughs> don't put your mm-hmm. kids in front of the TV. Don't let your kids watch TV or, or restrict them to, you know, half hour, or maybe an hour max per day. I think 
you'll probably get into this, the averages right now. What are we watching, like six hours of TV a day on that's average actually, or something? It's, yeah, that's very it's close. Insane. It's insane. <laughs> and that's got to be doing something to your head. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the other thing is uh, what you were mentioning before is like the the influence that, yeah, like, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, pops up and says, hey, vote for this person. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you see celebrities getting up and, and, and trying to influence and there's probably a lot deeper, deeper things going on than than just that. Uh, so I'm interested to to jump into it for sure. That's some profound points, exactly. Um, yeah, you guys are both right on the money with uh, the beginning of some of these topics we're going to be getting into. But you guys are astute dudes. Um, so what happens to the brain? Uh, so in neurobiology, there is a term called brain plasticity, uh, neuroplast neuroplasty. It is about the ability of the brain to adapt to the environment. Uh, The neurons in our brains are constantly working uh, to ensure that adjustment. Now, there's good and bads to this. I mean, it's an evolutionary um, adaptation we have made. Um, But there's negatives to it as well. Um, So you adapt to what you see. Now, when you're watching alcoholism and lies, and, and crime, and, and people killing other people, um, smoking, gambling, etc., it, it normalizes it through neuroplasty, brain plasticity. And it makes you, they're finding, more likely to, to do it. Uh, according to the latest studies, the average American now spends between five and six hours a day watching television. Nice guess, Andrew. Um, That's nuts. Uh, they say you are who you surround yourself with, but what if we are just surrounding ourselves with TV characters reading from a script? A message that has been thought out to be played in front of billions of people. A message that was pre-written by somebody who does have motives, who is influenced perhaps by uh, a large company. More recent figures show that the numbers have climbed. The 20-year-old has spent closer to two full years of his or her life in front of the television set. Think about that. A 20-year-old has spent close to two full years in front of the TV. They're, they're 20 wow. years old. Uh, you might... It, it, it begins to sound something like brainwashing, and you would be right. Now, there are two kinds of brainwashing. Uh, there's the one that's called hard brainwashing. And it's the type most people are most familiar with. You've seen it in movies like True Lies or uh, um, they take some guy, you know, a patriot, American patriot, perhaps, and they um, put him into a room and they torture him and they pump him up full of drugs. uh, And after much struggle, get him to basically renounce his country and his beliefs and uh, just this blank sort of expression on his face. We've seen that. It's been popularized through our popularized through our media. Uh, this brainwashing is called hard because its methods are overt. Uh, it's obvious to the victim, basically, mm-hmm. uh, is what they mean by overt. Uh, the victim is overwhelmed by an external force and a feeling of intense isolation. The victim's moral strength is sapped, and he embraces his torturers, basically. It, it's a man's moral strength There they basically say that informs and orders his power of reason. It's his moral strength. And without it, um, the mind becomes a recording machine waiting for imprints. And that's basically uh, not my definition, but the scientific definition of what hard brainwashing is. Uh, and it's important, it's important we, just, we know what that is so that we can understand the next topic of what soft brainwashing is. Because this is the important one. This is the evolution of brainwashing. Because hard brainwashing took took too much time and resources just for one person. Um, Now, no one is saying that you've been a victim of hard brainwashing. But it can be argued that everyone on this planet who has a TV has been brainwashed. And if you give me some time here, I will explain why. Um, For instance, the blank stare. Have you guys ever caught a glimpse of yourselves in the mirror when you were watching TV? I mean... (laughs) I was just doing it. Have you ever... Have you, if you've seen that, it's kind of scary. I, I've done it and I've scared myself. You look like a zombie. Um, you look like somebody in a brainwashing film. Your mouth is slightly open, right? Your lips are relaxed into a smile. Uh, it's just the blank stare of a television zombie. This is soft brainwashing. 
um, it's, it's so effective because its victims go about their lives unaware of what is being done to them. They don't know they're being brainwashed. As with hard brainwashing, they do. At least in the beginning. So television with its reach into basically every home creates the basis for the mass brainwashing of um, the United States and every other country. It works on a principle of tension and release. Now, we've all heard, if anybody studied film, there is a, a creation of tension in a controlled environment. Uh, you get stressed out when you're watching it, and then you wait for the release, which the movie or the show provides. And as long as the victim believes that the choices presented are the only choices available, um, ultimately, they seek release by choosing one of these uh, acceptable choices. One of the predetermined paths, so to speak. So under these circumstances in a brainwashing uh, controlled environment, um, choice making is not a rational experience. It does not involve the use of man's creative mental power. So you're not sitting there trying to figure out a problem like how to create fire with stones and wood. Um, Instead, you're being conditioned because it's predetermined, if that makes sense, Um, like an animal, to respond to the tension by seeking uh, subconsciously that release. The key to the success of this is the regulation of both the tension and the perceived choices. As long as both are controlled, uh, the range of the outcomes is also, therefore, controlled. The victim uh, walks down one of several pathways, right, acceptable for his controllers. Because you're not creating the show as you watch it. You're not creating the movie as you watch it. Um, But brainwashers call this tension-filled environment social turbulence. And I want you to remember that term. Uh, The last decades have been full of such social turbulence. Social turbulence creates crises in perceptions, causing people to lose their bearings. People become effused. uh, They lose their way. People seek release from this tension, following paths that appear to lead to a simpler, less tension-filled life. Um, Sort of like, you know, some sort of trickery or a hall of mirrors It's an escape from reality. It itself, six to eight hours a day, every day, you are being programmed. Um, There's an important choice that you have made recently that was probably in some way influenced by these movies or shows. Um, Now, Hal Becker, a man who was part of a think tank by the name of Futures Group, based in Connecticut, John, you may have heard of this group, um, allegedly worked with leaders of our society for the past 30 years. And I want to read you guys a quote of what this man said. He said, I know the secret of making the average American believe anything I want him to. Just let me control television. Americans are wired into their television sets. He says, over the last 30 years, they have come to look at their television sets and the images on the screen as reality. He says, you put something on television and it becomes reality. If the world outside the television set contradicts the images people start changing the world to make it more like the images and sounds of their television. Fred Emery, who studied television for 25 years, confirms this. Uh, The television signal itself, he found, puts the viewer in this state of drugged-like oblivion. Uh, Emery writes, and I quote, Television as a media consists of a constant visual signal of 50 half frames per second. Our hip." Our hypotheses regarding this essential nature of the medium itself are, one, the constant visual stimulus fixates the viewer and causes the habituation of response. The prefrontal and association areas of the cortex are effectively dominated by the signal, the screen. The left cortical hemisphere, the center of visual and analytical calculating processes, is effectively reduced in its functioning to tracking changing images on the screen. Therefore, provided the viewer keeps looking, he is unlikely to reflect on what he is doing and what he is viewing. That is, he will be aware, but unaware of his awareness. In other words, and I quote, television can be seen partly as the technological analog of the hypnotist. Um, So I'm going to give you a quick example and let you guys fire back a little bit. But um, here's an example of this. Have you ever had a view that you uh, vehemently deny? Have you ever believed something to be truth only years later um, to be on the other side of that same fence? 
Al Gore, he was made to be a clown by media when he spoke of global warming. I mean, he was canceled. He was like one of the first examples of cancel culture. The media, one way or another, told us so. Uh, now the media started making it acceptable to become straight-up doctrine. Um, now climate deniers are seen as the conspiracy theorists. Climate deniers are seen as Al Gore's now, the complete opposite. Uh, and if you think about that, for example, it was the media, not us, that changed our minds um, in general. They pit us against each other as they see fit. I can tell you guys, me, me personally, I have had examples of this where I've had, a, I've had an opinion and subliminally it was changed um, years ago or more recently. Um, to being on the complete other side of the fence. And I've asked myself what made me change that, and I haven't really become, been able to come up with an answer some of the time. Um, there's a lot of haunting information in here. I mean, what do you, what's your impression when you hear some of, of the science behind this? Well, I, th- you know, I, I think some of that's true, but I mean, I got to say, I, I don't know that I'm on board with all of it. And well, I think it definitely represents some background noise and can really influence people in agreeing or disagreeing with uh, with current events or political movements or, um, you know, groups and, you know, social groups in general. Um, like when I make decisions, especially professionally, like I, it's not like, you know, if, I, you know, if something happens and I go into my, you know, uh, bridge crisis management mode uh, on the boat, right? I'm not thinking like, Oh, you know, what did Sean Connery do in Hunt for Red October? You know, it's like I there's well, that's the thing, it's not conscious. The the argument is that it's subconscious. You've been fed this so many hours of your life that you subconsciously that you don't think you're thinking of what Sean Connery would do. You just have seen it so much through media that you naturally follow predetermined pathways that they took without even knowing it. And Yeah. I I don't know. I I would agree with with some of that, um, like I would agree with some of that, especially when you think about, um, you know, but things that, um, things that you don't have a lot of stake in, mm-hmm. right? Like I think people are much more apt to be moved, um, to, to a particular opinion when they, when they don't have a lot in the pot. Like if, if they don't, if they haven't anted up anything, on this on this opinion, then yeah, I can totally see how they could be, you know, pushed one way or another, um, you know, by what they're ingesting for media. But on like big ticket items, I mean, I, I don't know, man. The uh, the implications there are pretty serious. This is this is serious stuff, and it's it's funny. But then I I'm like, there's no way this could be true. But then I look around me. Right. And social media being kind of the new TV. Right. We're spending a lot of time on social media. Um, Mm. I look around me and I look at what the mainstream news is pushing out. And I look at what like any any streaming service, you know, they have their movies that they make, their shows they make. What are their political opinions that they're pushing in there? The things that the MSM, the mainstream media is pushing out and these um, video streaming services are pushing out. I look around me on social media and they're the same opinions of a lot of my friends. They hold the opinions of these shows and of what the news articles say. And then I think, what the heck, man? Maybe there's some truth to this. It sounds crazy until you look around. And the burden of proof is everywhere around us. And that's what caught me after reading this stuff. Not, not the article itself, but the, the, the proof that, that I've seen on social media. The amount of people believing these things that I see in these shows and movies is ridiculous yeah. as they are. Yeah. And that's what got me. And I want to hear what you guys think about this. Cause you know, sitting in my own echo chamber is no good. I want to hear, I mean, when you guys hear this, I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I agree with that. Like I said, to a point, I just think that there are some things that, uh, are so close to defining who you are that, you can't be pushed one way or another on it. No matter, I don't care how much TV you watch. Um, but on the other hand, I think a, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of this, the direction of our culture and society is very, very much manipulated by uh, by TV. And I think that you know the more 
TV and TV shows make things normative, the more normative they become. And that's the basis of the argument. Yeah. It's not to change who you are in a sense. It's just to change your views enough so you accept it and you yeah. move along with it. You know, once Hollywood started, you know, um, promoting and and um, and you know promoting and putting actors in place and not being shy about the LGBTQ uh, community, then it, it gained traction and it right. just went. It just and there's some good to that. You know, there are virtues in there. It's not all bad. There is good. Uh, <laughs> but there, okay, so there are some things that are physical. Like when you go under sedation for a surgery, you can't just think with your mind, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay awake for this. Trust me. I've tried many times to stay awake before they put me out, but you go to sleep. <laughs> I, went for, I went in for surgery on my 21st birthday and the oh, anesthesiologist yeah. is like, boy, have I got a cocktail for you. He said, <laughs> he said, go ahead and try and get to nine. And I was like, just gritting my teeth, like 10. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey man, <laughs> you made it to 10. Uh, I did. Oh, make you it started 10, at yeah. 10. Well, I, I was counting. Yeah. It had me count down. I, you know, from from ten. Right, so right, right. I, I don't know that I got much past ten, but oh man, that was a cocktail. If he told you, oh, if he told you to man. start at ten and you're not going to get to nine, well, I think that he started. <laughs> he he introduced it to my system while he was talking to me. That liar. Yeah, yeah. He's a total. He's a wizard. He's a dealer. wizard, Harry. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. I mean, there are physical things going on that we can't control. Um, such as the constant visual stimulus fixates the viewer and causes the habituation of response. You know, when they're talking about the prefrontal cortex and the association areas of the cortex, um, they're saying it's dominated by the signal. And they're saying the left cortical hemisphere, the center of visual and analytical calculating processes, uh, they're saying it's effectively reduced in its functioning to tracking changes in images on the screen. And they're saying that... um, Provided the viewer keeps looking, of course, he is unlikely to reflect on what he is doing and what he is viewing. That he will be aware, but unaware of his awareness. Um, that's like forced hypnotism, and we don't even know it. I mean, those are physical things that scientifically happen to the brain when you look at the screen. It's not something we choose to do or not do. Um, our brain goes into this process. They got a specific amount... Um, of half frames going on, 50 half frames exactly per second. They've got this down to a science, and it's beyond most of our understanding. That part, it's a little, it's, it, it's just interesting to me. Um, Andrew, you've, been, you've studied the human body pretty extensively. What do, you think about, what do you think about these things when you hear them? So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree as well that I, I think that this is happening to a, a certain degree, especially with, um, like kids developing brains. Um, cause you mentioned that like blank stare that you get. <laughs> I've, mm. I've noticed kids doing that the most. If they're sitting there watching cartoons, they're just, man, they got that blank stare going for sure. Um, and, uh, I'm sure that that has to have some kind of effect on your development. Um, or, or maybe there are like subconscious things that you you end up doing that you wouldn't normally do. I don't know. That's that's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, because how did we evolve to learn to start fire? You watched your father make fire thousands of years ago, and all of a sudden you knew how to make fire. You didn't. Mm -hmm. You didn't. You just knew. You knew how to at least practice it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm wondering, like, uh, is is it evolving? You know, if if. Uh, I, I feel like the media, I think John was mentioning this, they, they probably have the most tactics in, in trying to sway your opinion because of all the rhetoric and stuff that they're, they're using. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know if it's going super into like the brainwashing, um, but they, they pretty blatantly use, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll run the stories that make their side look good. They'll, they'll use the rhetoric that makes their side sound good. Uh, and I, I definitely see that transitioning into Facebook and, and social media 
there's everything's so opinionated. You get in this little click of of your friends, and it's right now it's popular to delete all your all your friends that don't agree with you. You see the posts that are like, mm. "Delete me if you don't agree with this." But I've seen a lot of off on their yeah, yeah, and and people people get that confirmation bias when when they're in their their little group of of friends that that share their opinion. So I see that happening a lot in social media um, and with all of the cancel culture and, and the uh, fact checking and things like that, it, it seems like things are definitely trying to be manipulated to, um, yeah, to, to, to sway people a certain direction, but and that's what soft brainwashing is. It's not hard brainwashing where uh, you'll get in front of a camera and denounce your country. Soft brainwashing just making you um, comfortable enough to just go along with the idea, not to fight it, is basically the idea behind it. You know, you may not wholeheartedly agree with it, but you're not. You're also not going to fight it. You're going to let the government do its thing or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm pretty proud of myself. I probably watch like maybe an hour of tv every couple of days <laughs> that's pretty good and i man. actually i only have um streaming services i don't even have like tv channels like direct Same tv here. or anything yeah, so I've, I've just got, got i don't even have netflix anymore actually uh really i've just got hulu and just like uh, h h hbo it's also tv <laughs> all right all right but still, I only watch maybe an hour every couple days, you know. That's pretty good. Uh, so I, f- I feel like that's that's good. Social, I, I, I'm even trying like not to go on social media too much. Uh, I probably spend most of my time on YouTube, and I don't know what that, <laughs> what kind of also tactics TV. they're using. But oh come on, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, TV I don't know. is I basically to, I try to control any, what like like what TV was just the beginning. I mean TV was it was this experiment to see how much of it they could get into every single American household and they did it successfully. It was everywhere. It, in every single home there is a TV. Yeah, it's in um, your pocket now though. It's it is now, your, you know your cell phone. You take and... your TV with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like gone to the extreme and now you don't even have to, um, watch anything. You can just pick up some headlines and they'll get you. Like the first thing I did was turn off like the autoplay. Like I don't want it playing nothing for me that I don't click on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but YouTube, Twitter, um, I think one medium that uh, that people are using to really for that that shock value are gifts. You know, people you know, like you'll see these gifts, and it's like they're maybe three seconds long, but some of them are just really well done. You know, yeah, they are, and um, I've I've heard okay, so I've heard these big big companies talk about how they view business now, and they view business as and um, and they do studies on this. They say how much time is our company taking of a person's day? That's now how they how they are seeing their stocks. Allegedly, they say okay, um, we're this company, so how much time are we taking on average in the average citizen's life in the U.S. with our company's software hardware? And they're competing for the real estate of our lives. Now, if you look at it from an evolutionary standpoint, um, and even a scientific standpoint, how do we know what is real or not? It's getting into philosophy, but you know, you, you touch it, you don't. But you, you perceive don't. perception it, is reality. You per- exactly perception is reality. So we see things and we see them as real. If we can see it, it's real to us. It is. Ne- we are now in a point where the things we are seeing the most is on a screen. Right. Almost. So when they cl- when they when they have censorship, when they control what we are seeing the most, uh, we can't help but start to believe these things they're telling us are, are real. Because right. just as you see a tree, 
as you're walking through a forest or just as you see a car on the road and you don't walk in front of it, you know it's real. Your brain can't make you think it's not real. You will not walk in front of it because you've seen it enough times. And so when you see these articles enough times, you can't help it. You start to take it as the truth, no matter how much you vehemently uh, disagree with it. It's just, it's just how the human brain works. It's how we evolved to survive. You see a yeah. lion in the jungle. You don't go towards it. You don't want to die. It's real. And so now they're doing that with news articles. They're doing it with TV shows. It's just an interesting thing. Right. They're almost hacking us in a way. Imagine what they're going to do in the next couple of years with augmented reality and virtual reality. You know, it's just eventually we're going to, what was the name of it? So surrogates. Did you see that movie Surrogates? I did. Bruce oh, Willis. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're, I we're, think about that. We're not yeah. even going to leave the house anymore. We're just going <laughs> to jack in and have our perfect surrogate go out and do our, yeah. do our live our life for us, you know? That's a good point. Uh, Andrew, you have VR. I how do. How real is yeah. this? I mean, how much do you enjoy? How much time do you spend in that thing? Do you see, I mean, are you kind of blown away by that technology at this point? Um. Yeah, I mean, I come out of VR like for a couple hours a week. So, I mean, it's not that bad. Um, most of the time, I'm just sitting here ordering Grubhub and <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I know, I heard, I, pounds. I heard that and I was like, did he say he comes out of VR? Yeah, a I noticed that I'm too. Trying to, You know, I'll, I'll pop that, that thing like, off for a couple hours a day. I mean, I got to go to the bathroom and whatnot. But then the sun starts oh, hurting no, my no, eyes. I've no, got no, a bucket dude, here if I really don't level. want to. Yeah, you got to hook up to that colostomy bag, bro. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I got the connections. I can do that. catheter. <laughs> the old Foley catheter, yeah. Yep. They have stacked, yeah, I, you know, saline IVs. You don't need to, to drink. For me, VR, owning a, I have an Oculus uh, Rift, Rift S, um, okay. which is a decent quality VR headset. And uh, I've noticed, like, for me, it, it hasn't, like, totally taken over my it's it's not something that i want to be on all day um yes, it is. yeah I, I like the i think a lot of people really like the idea of it and there are some really cool video yes, games and things that they're making that subliminal I'm, subliminal, I'm subliminally teaching you there you we want go. to be on it i do <laughs> plug in i don't know i i fire that thing up like once every couple weeks at this point and, uh, you know, hop in and play some poker and stuff. That's kind of fun. It, it, the social aspect of it is pretty cool. Virtual play, poker? Heck, yeah, you play poker with people, but you're actually holding the cards, you know. it's it's kind of cool. That sounds kind of cool. Why don't you yeah, just go I've play been, poker? Man, I don't got time to because go drive not find virtual. friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's like, I can see it now. They have, like, these mini games, like, virtual breathing. You can't play with your friends because the state won't let you. The best yeah. part is you can be <laughs> naked. You will get arrested for playing with your friends now. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. This is an oral artistic dance. So, yeah, VR, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes because VR is right. still so new. Um, hmm. Okay. And it's, I, I think they have a lot of op optimizing to do with it because it's not super comfortable and flawless and easy and seamless to put on that that bulky thing right now it's getting mm. there uh it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the future so soon they'll be brainwashing us through that i guess <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know man and then social media i mean how long is it going to take for social media to become a part of vr um, because I think that's yeah. what TV I mean, has evolved uh, into is, Facebook is social owns, media. Facebook owns Oculus. Oh, really? I did not. Okay. Yeah, that is their device. Yeah. And they decide, I mean, at, at the end of the day, YouTube, Facebook, at the end of the day, they do decide what pops up on our screen. Yeah. And have you looked into the algorithms? It's pretty interesting. Like how, you know, who, who gets popular on YouTube, um, it's it is really all about how much time the person spends watching the videos, because that's that's what the algorithm likes. I don't know how much you've looked into that, but right now the way to get 
more popular on YouTube is to keep people engaged on your video for as long as you can. So right now the king of YouTube is uh, Mark Rober. Have you guys heard of that guy? No. <laughs> he's, 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 he's like got the YouTube algorithm down perfectly to where he gets every one of his videos gets millions upon millions of views. He, he makes, he made the uh, glitter bomb bait packages. Oh, oh did yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that guy. See, okay, I've seen that. So every single video he uploads, and he he has a uh, he has a specific way of making videos that keeps you engaged. Um, and that's not true. YouTube, I turned the squirrel one off halfway through. Hey, you still watched half of it. That's a decent. John one. was the one person that turned it <laughs> off, though. Yeah. Out of four billion people, if YouTube the algorithm sees that hey this guy this guy didn't click away in the first couple minutes, then uh, that's good for for the creator because that's going to get their video more views it's more likely i I didn't see any ads so oh interesting well i have a i mean you can't put an ad blocker on your phone but you can put them on your computer Hmm. i have ad blockers on my phone oh really for rizzle i haven't found one that works that's pretty cool so yeah they're getting it down to a science how to keep our attention it's it's yeah. becoming less of an art and more of just a mechanical type of thing, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some things I can't, some apps I can't use on my phone because they're like disable your ad blocker, and I'm like, no. Oh. no. <laughs> what kind of no. phone do you have? Uh, it's a Google Pixel okay. Four. I think Apple makes it harder to to put ad blockers or anything a- like that. A- Apple. How dare you? Just saying. <laughs> but you know what? This episode, it may seem kind of dark, but I actually th- I actually think we are in the best time to be alive. Uh, in conclusion, I will say that this may be a, you know, hilariously dark yet eye-opening episode. But uh, in the end, I think we're in a much better place than we were in, in the 90s. Um, I think we're in a sort of age of enlightenment. In the 90s... You couldn't pull up a podcast talking about this. In the 90s, even if I wanted to start this podcast, I wouldn't have anywhere to upload it. I wouldn't be able to research all of these facts. We would rely on the TV to learn what the truth is. We would have nowhere to speak. I think the ability, at least now, to pull up Google or DuckDuckGo and break through the ceiling of brainwashing that we were exposed to um, is now available. I think we're becoming aware of what is happening through podcasts just you know such as these um and we might we may decide now after to just to take a hike rather than watch tv we may decide to have a family dinner with the tv off rather than it being on um we may decide to take up yoga or do things that are basically uh, of our own incentives we're not being fed information um and I think that's pretty cool. I think I think we are in a time where we can decide um, what to do with our lives without having to take our news from a TV. Um, it's true. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I, I think there is a road to enlightenment as a society. I think I do think we still live in the best time in the history of humanity. Um, and I may be wrong, but I, I genuinely believe that. And I think we are learning to how to improve our health. And become less addicted to these things that we are now learning. Um, through these maybe hard to find articles, but articles nonetheless that show us how bad this TV is for us. Um, do you guys, I mean, now that we're getting to the end of the episode, honestly, um, do you guys see yourselves or see, do you, if somebody learned this information, do you see people trying to take a path away from the television and social media? Or do you think no. it's just got too hard of a grip on our addiction? It, um, you know, people are so afraid of the world right now that, you know, Netflix just and and similar media platforms just offer way too much comfort. Uh, there's a, you know, the uh, a livelihood, a lifestyle of escapism. I mean, you could pick whatever you want, like, you know, you get a solid MMO or, you know, a 10 season series tension um, and release 
it just it's just escapism you know we're just pulled towards escapism because we can't deal with you know i can't deal with the divisiveness of this country so i'm gonna go watch uh, some netflix go play some video games because at least there actually have some control perceived control i love everything you just said because it fed into exactly what these guys in the think tanks are saying (laughs) i mean that's the thing you just said it you just said it and you didn't even mean to maybe i mean it just came out and it's it's good that was my point you know it's well it's a good point it's good stuff that may be the best segment of this episode um yeah i mean people probably won't uh won't stop you know I don't know if the screen time that we're exposed to is, is going to go down. It would probably end up going up. But as long as people at least have some awareness, I think I think awareness and what you're saying about being able to, you know, we're in a position where we can make podcasts and we can talk about this stuff. And that's that's definitely a, a good step yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a in a good direction. Eventually, we'll get canceled, you know, but it's all good. Yeah, well, this podcast is good point. because we come from very different. We agree on a lot of things, but we also have a very distinct, independent views that we bring to the table. And I think we're a good example of, although we may not agree on everything we talk about, um, we can have a civil discourse. We can have a civil discussion um, and meet somewhere in the middle that uh, leaves Until us we- feeling good. Until we don't. Until we don't. <laughs> you got three minutes. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe it's just time to cancel the way we consume media. Uh, I know we've all heard this, but now we may have a more concise answer as to why. Um, we are a curious species, and if we don't have a why, we tend not to care about the how. Um, but then what am I going to do with all my free time? What will I ever do? I'll be forced to read a book. Silence and echoes. (laughs) It's a good question. I mean... We're going to have to go back to reading the the shampoo bottles when you're sitting on the toilet. That's a good... Yeah, what... I still do that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) What do we do? We're not allowed to go to Applebee's with the boys. Right, Man, I can't look for the at boys. memes when I'm when I'm taking a dump. No, no. You're gonna, you're gonna... <laughs> do not bring your phone in the bathroom. Do no. not bring your. You phone. Gonna, you're really gonna make me go back to reading the instructions on the shampoo bottle. Conditioner too. Sometimes you need that much time. <laughs> yeah. I never read books before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the bathroom was the only good place you could. You know, the only place. Proper place to put a Reader's Digest magazine. Oh yeah, you remember I when still we used just to have books a... in the bathroom? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I still just want a heated toilet seat. There you go, dude. I've gone the through. I've gone through and the VR headset. A significant cha- <laughs> number of chapters of uh, Clive Cussler novels in the bathroom. <laughs> That's pretty nice. good, man. I, <laughs> I'm still just picturing Andrew. Talking about being on a heated toilet seat with a freaking VR headset. <laughs> Playing poker. Virtual you should have folded, you idiot. You yeah, you're all fishing. From in there. Oh, you're in there for four hours. Fishing, just... yeah, dude. I, I got to try that. Next week, I'll let you guys know how it goes. Honey, what are you doing in there? I'm in my boat. I'm killing my legs. I heard of somebody who had to get their... They fell asleep on their legs. I don't know if this is true. This is alleged, but I heard it, so it makes it true, probably. <laughs> somebody fell reality. asleep in the wrong position, and their legs fell asleep all night, and they had to get them amputated. <laughs> what? No way, dude. <laughs> because the tissue died. This is what I heard. I don't know. Could you imagine that like point. being on VR on the toilet until your tissue dies, dude? You're just there for like 16 hours. Ready Dead player legs. One. There yeah. you go. I, I feel like if they had really bad diabetes and were overweight, then that's kind of plausible. But uh, I like this because Andrew can actually come at it from a medical perspective. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. wait, this can happen, and I'm going to tell you how I've it seen happen. it. I've seen it, gentlemen. I've seen it uh, 11 times to be exact. Don't uh, get diabetes. Don't get it. 
It'll get you. Wear your mask. (laughs) You wear your mask. You don't have to worry about diabetes. That's right. I'm just kidding. It's a, it's a dance. It's an artistic oral dance. Nothing we've said in this entire episode is logical or true. It's all Don't listen to us. just a joke. We're comedians. Save comedy. Okay? We are not doctors. No, siri. But well. seriously, get a VR headset. <laughs> you want one? Everything that everything that doesn't come out of my li- everything that doesn't come out of my mouth is not a lie. Captain's a Jedi (laughs) I'm an idiot But the the two may be Like similar They may Well we appreciate you guys sticking around This has been definitely one of the longer episodes uh, Super heavy topic At the end of the day It is uh, what you make it Mama always say Like and subscribe Like and subscribe Download Uh, You guys got anything to add before we step off? Um, Uh, Yeah. If you're going to uh, partake in escapism, then look us up online because we have the same amount of fun there as we do here. Escape to us. We play Halo. (laughs) You've got three minutes. Bonesaw is here. (laughs) You can play poker with us on VR and we'll make funny the whole time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Beep boop bop. We need to make a Discord. Beep boop bop. <laughs> Until next time. Unless we're canceled, we will see you there. Happy gaming. See ya. Everyone was canceled. Everyone was canceled. Everyone was canceled.